Hey, Toronto Beer Podcast listeners. I realized there was an introduction in this uh, file, but I thought I'd throw in an extra one right here. Had a great opportunity to sit down with my good friend, Mary Beth from the Granite. We had a conversation. It's outdoors still because of COVID. So background sound, all that sort of stuff. You get it how it comes. Car alarms, neighbors, the whole bit. I hope you enjoy. All right. Apparently we're live. Welcome to a rare Sunday evening Toronto Beer Podcast. This feels really weird. This is the farthest away I ever am from the equipment. I feel like I need to have access to a keyboard and a mouse. And now, of course, there's a car alarm going off. This is what happens when you try and do things outside. Anyway, bear with us. Hey, everybody. It's me, Chris Schreier, your host. And I'm joined today by Mary Beth Keefe from The Granite. Yay! Jazz hands. Uh, Mary Beth is here, A, because we're buddies and love to hang out and talk beer and, and drink beer, and also sometimes just hang out without beer. That happens occasionally. Uh, but more importantly, because it is the Granite's 30th, 30th three, the big 3-0 uh, anniversary, I almost said wedding anniversary. It's not a wedding. Not really. Not at all. Uh, but it's their 30th anniversary, so we are here live. Hi, guys. Neighbors walking by. Neighbors might walk by. My upstairs neighbors might walk by with their dog. Who knows? The car alarm's still going <laughs> off. Could be my car alarm. My car alarm sounds like that. Anyway, uh, we're going to hang out. We're going to talk about uh, the granite. We're going to talk about Mary Beth working, doing, making beer at the beer factory. Who knows what else? Who knows? But we should start with the beer. I, yeah. I brought out glassware. I'm not assuring cleanliness. These literally just came out of the dishwasher. All right. What do you think we should start with here? Well, I've got a few choices. Got Brand New Day, which is what I am going to have. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have it with you, and then <laughs> okay. we can discuss. And oh, then, you want to share? Uh, do you have one of each? Yeah. Holy moly. Okay. Oh, I man, and there's a lot of beers in here. Oh, I just I assumed you brought pears. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you want to do? Well, let's split. Okay. So we don't get crazy. All right. All right. Uh, I'll let you pour. Okay. Because it's her beer. Now, for those who don't know, let me give my best estimation, and then you can fill in the blanks. Okay. Granite Brewery. It's a brew pub. It's at uh, Mount Pleasant in Eglinton. I'm doing great so far. It was started by Mary Beth's father, Ron, yes. after his brother, Kevin. Yes opened a granite brew pub in somewhere on the east coast. Halifax. Halifax. Thank you very much. We really got to do something about that car alarm. Holy. Uh, it's the weekend in the beach. Sorry. Uh, so as noted 30th anniversary, it's um, it's entering middle life, middle midlife now. Well, brewery. hopefully not. Hopefully it's just. Oh, yeah, because that, Im- that implies another 30 years and then out. So, yeah, yeah it's entering a human midlife. Yes. The oldest brewery in the world is a thousand years old operating. Okay. That would be Weinstefaner. Oh. It's not quite a thousand. Ten sixty-six or something like that. That's pretty old. It's pretty old. Yeah. I think we got to give them that one. Uh, anyway, uh, the key with the granite, and this beer I don't believe speaks to it, is that the granite historically, the granite's uh, English is cricket and historically always brewed open fermentation beers. This is the the real quirk or interesting thing. (sighs) The alarm's done. (sighs) I can relax. Um, But uh, I actually have a a video I I made with Ron, with Mary Beth's dad, uh, discussing open top fermentation. It's probably gonna come up. We'll leave it for now. It's fascinating if you've never seen it before. It's a wild system. I haven't seen it for a while, that video. I actually watched it about a week ago. Yeah. Not because of this. Wait, wait, we need to drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, cheers. cheers. Happy anniversary. Oh. 
Hello. Wow. Brand new day is a New England IPA, so yeah, Chris was just going on about how we're very English, and while this is the first beer that I did in the closed fermenter in our otherwise open uh, fermentation brew house, we used an English yeast for it, so I didn't stray too far right away. Now, when I was homebrewing, I liked making a New England IPA with Thames Valley 3, which is a very English yeast, Okay. Um, but uh, hard to get. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one. It's... uh, well, I think it's Y yeast, might be White Labs, I can't remember which, but it was one of the, the specialty seasonal, like from the vault ones. Okay. So I, th- I see some people here have, uh, have said hello. Uh, so let me just, oh, it's my wife, that's adorable. <laughs> and uh, a, a pint to Doshin. A pint of Doshin. I like the sound of that. Uh, I was trying to wave. You know what, guys? I can't do that anymore. That's crazy. I can't keep getting up, especially because I get too close to the microphone. Um, yeah, as noted, this is a closed top. You have one closed top from our big closed top. closed top fermenter. Yeah. Is it, what do you call it, FVX? FVX. FVX. Yeah. And that's, does that stand for something? Well, when I thought of it, I just thought it, um, like the X stood for closed for me. And then I told people that, and they're like, oh, I see. I'm like, well, that's what it is, and that's what it means. So <laughs> there you go. It's funny because if I'd stopped and thought about it for a minute, I probably would have realized that this had to be wrong. But I assumed it was your 10th fermenter. Yeah. And FV stood for something else. Right. Well, FV stands for fermenting vessel. Oh, um, that's exactly what it stands for, right. of course. So, yeah, we have like FV 1 through 5. And then someone thought that it was similar to like the Tank 10 series that Great Lakes does. Yeah, I knew like, it wasn't no, that it's quite. Not, but It's not a 10, it's an X for closed. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah. fair. I can work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about this, and then we'll pick back up where I left off, okay. which I was tapping out anyway, so that's fine. Um, you so, were doing well, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, there are some breweries in the city I've spent some time at, mm-hmm. so fair enough. Um, I'm getting, I mean, definitely some peachiness, but like a really like gentle, like sweet citrusiness almost off of it. I always think like clementine when I think of the sweeter citrus notes. Mm. Yeah, so this is, um, it's Foggy London. And this... Uh, That's escarpment? Yeah. Yeah. This hop combo is Eldorado, Mosaic, and Azaka. Okay. So, Nothing yeah. that should throw a lot of sweet citrus necessarily, but sometimes no, they play. I, Eldorado, I always get a lot of pineapple. Yeah, I, I found when I first started having Eldorado, it was lemonier. Uh. But then it doesn't seem like, like that was the first year I had it. And it seems like subsequently, yeah, more tropically touching on pineapple, maybe a little mango-y sometimes, but now we're geeking out on hops, which is yeah. great. I love hops. And there's a Cessna flying over. Anyway, um, so Foggy London, uh, Eldorado, Azaka, and there's one other in there. Mosaic, of course. Yes. Is it a rule that you have to put mosaic in a New England IPA now? Um... I think it's in all the variations we do. It's not a rule, but it's such a good hop. I don't know it's, many people who don't use it these days. Yeah, I don't think I've done one without it yet. No. I have a hot take, but I, I, I don't have prepared notes, but I have a bit of a lightning round, so we'll lightning round, and that just <laughs> added a lightning round for me. Uh, so we'll <laughs> leave that. Um, use biotransformation in this? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I only bring that up because I frequently mention it, and I feel really smart when I do. Okay. It sounds like really technical. It's like yes. biotransformation. Yeah, Boom. so it is double dry hopped like um, 
most of them are. Mm -hmm. So we do it, uh, the first edition, when it's about, so we use specific gravity. So when it's about 10, 20 or so. That's interesting, you use specific and not Plato, eh? Yeah, well we're, we're English, right? That's what you're set up for, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then the second one, just a couple of degrees away from final gravity, so yeah. And then we'll do our diacetyl rest and chill it. Sweet. Yeah. Escarpment's been, uh, yeah, it's funny. I did a few test batches of this one uh, before doing it in the actual FBX. And I tried a few different yeasts and unfortunately when I did foggies, I used um, Amarillo. Okay. And it just led this real pithiness to it, but I... Was it like really bitter? Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, I just associated that with the Foggy London, so I kind of scratched that off the list. And when we, when I brewed it the first time, um, in FBX, we used Y East 1318, and we used yeah, that yeah. for a long time, but then uh, we were having problems with it, and... Bellwoods was nice enough to give us some of their foggy, and it worked so well, and I loved how the beers turned out, so we've stuck with it um, as a result. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question about that. So you mentioned you did it once in the FBX, and then... Uh, well, I did homebrew batches, sorry. So that was Those were the homebrew that's batches. That's what I was about to yeah, say. Yeah. So, like, literal homebrew at home, or do you have a little pile no, of No, I just, I homebrew at the granite. Yeah, so yeah. much easier. And is <laughs> it, like, uh, right there. cut kegs, or do you have vessels, or... No, yeah, I've got proper, like, um, homebrewing equipment. So, yeah, just a... What level is that on? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you've got the one room in the parking oh, area. Oh, I just, I store it downstairs and I bring it up in the brew house when I need it. And then I have a propane burner outside, like a lobster pot yeah, boiler. Yeah. And, um, you don't do any brewing other than on the main floor, right? The other room is, like, for cold storage and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we the granite has multiple rooms now. Right. It's, like, labyrinthine. Yeah. We sometimes ferment in a conditioning tank, which is downstairs in the cellar. Right. Um like because we use that as a closed fermenter but we've only done that a handful of times sure that's cool yeah. this is delicious thank you i it, love it yeah this is it's yeah it's my baby it was the first one and will always remain special yeah <laughs> this is a really good uh, new one i like it a lot uh okay so granite we were actually kind of talking a little bit about the building uh -huh. the granite's fascinating so for one for a long time, I thought it was a straight brew pub, and then your dad sent me straight and was like, no, it's a brewery and a restaurant, and they're... Tide House. Tide House, yeah. yeah. But that as a brewery, that's why, like, you guys have retail and can sell out to LCBO and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas a brew pub, this gets really weird in the AGCO, brew pub licenses are messy. They cause heartache and grief where they go. Um, so, but the other really cool thing is that it's in, like, a large building. Right. And so, A, there's parking. Which is yeah. nice. Not that we encourage driving to breweries, no. but if you're going to pick up some beers to take home, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, stay for one pint, get your parking validated, and then <laughs> get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and, and this isn't part of the tour all necessarily. But there is. You have like a, a space on the lower level in the parking for like yeah. cold conditioning and stuff, mm -hmm. and like other storage spaces, and like there's other rooms and things. Yeah, on each level almost. So yeah, the. The main floor is the restaurant and the brewery. And then, yeah, you go down one level, and that's our cellar. <clears throat> so it's got the walk-in fridge. 
<clears throat> excuse me, it's got all of our conditioning tanks and our keg cleaner and growler filler and canner and all that jazz. Um, and then, yeah, we have a, another storage unit on the P2 level, and that's just where, like, everything else goes. Grain storage so. and junk like that? Uh, oh, actually, we have another <laughs> storage room across from the cellar, and that's where the grain and the casts and the kegs are all kept. So <laughs> then there is another one. So, yeah, we, we take up quite a bit of space in the building but um yeah as we expand we need it so yeah and there's not really much more room to expand there unless we took over another room which is possible but i don't know what'll happen with that cool yeah um so uh next question on the brewery side of things so we're, we're talking we've got the video you don't need to get into like the full science of of the open top fermenters um but what size is the brew house? Like, what what sort of do you you don't brew daily, or do you brew daily now? Um, so since we've reopened, we're brewing usually on average three times a week, but sometimes it's five. Um, this past week I was away, so we managed only two brews, but we could have done more if we like if there was another person there. So myself and Tim, our other brewer, were the only ones that really do the brewing. Um, but yeah, it's it's been amazing to have everyone back, and the patios have been really busy, and the, the store, like the deliveries and our beer store have maintained a good rhythm, like much better than before times, but not as good as crazy COVID times. But we have the restaurant, which is always easier because it's just draft and... Yeah serve straight from the tanks or the kegs. I was going to say, yes, have service vessels, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we've got six, and then everything else gets kegged off and served off to them. What's super cool about that is even in a brew pub like the Granite, most people ferment in a vessel, transfer to a storage tank, and then from that package into kegs, and then serve out of that. But you skip that last step, right? You only transfer, or do you transfer to the service vessel? We, so we actually have the conditioning tanks as well. So we go fermenter, conditioning tank, bright tank. Bright tank. Which is our service Which vessel. is service. Yeah. Yeah. But it means that it's like a nice, big, well-sealed, there's not a lot of transitioning of beer, and, and it's fantastic. But most people don't do that, because mm. most people don't have the capacity to do yeah, it. Yeah, no. Like, the because our, our FVX, for instance, is a uni tank, so you can just keep it all in You there. can do everything, yeah. Yeah. But we've not, well, there's no possibility to do that because we couldn't serve from there in the brew house. And also it would bar. take it offline while you were serving. Right. A Unitank, just so you know, it has temperature control so you can literally do fermentation, which for you guys is like low 20s, high teens? Uh, usually, so yeah, I actually do fermenting temperatures in Fahrenheit. We kind <laughs> jump all over the place. It's the way my dad did it. He... Some things were Fahrenheit, some things were Celsius, and that's just how my brain works. Yeah. So yeah, I 70, bake in Fahrenheit and okay. I brew in Celsius. Okay, <laughs> so, and that makes sense, Celsius. Yeah. But um, yeah, so 70, so that's like 20, 21? 72 is 21. Okay. So that's probably around 1920. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, high teens, low 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you can condition colder because it's jacketed, you can drop the temp, you can keep it at service temp the whole bit. Right. They're actually pretty cool tanks. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, you mentioned like back from COVID now. I know store stayed open. You did a bunch of stuff with that. Mm -hmm. When the patios reopened, that was another thing. Obviously, nobody weathered COVID well, but you guys did all right? 
as good as you can hope for. Come on for up, sure. it's all right, don't worry. You can stick your head in if you want. <laughs> Upstairs neighbors. Actually, sibling, but anyway. <laughs> good to see you. Um, yeah, so made it through. Yeah. Uh, Note, we had amazing support through the whole thing. Our customers, our loyal customers from 30 years now. Yeah. Um, just popping in to get takeout once in a while or just picking up food and along with many other breweries we did start the online ordering and delivering which we hadn't done before right. but really if you wanted to if you wanted to survive you had to do it yeah. and it's you just kind of wonder why it wasn't a thing before because it's so convenient and just makes sense for the brewery so yeah, we're still doing it now. We deliver uh, Tuesday through Friday, I think. So not every day. Um, like I said, it's petered off a bit. But um, no, it's it's nice to be able to offer that to people, especially because we are like further north and construction is shit. And, yeah. Um, they must be cleared out on Eglinton in your area now. Are they, no. Is it still ripped up? Yes. Oh, man, I was thinking they're already... The exit tunnel over at Leslie is starting to loosen up now. Yeah, but. no, it's still a mess. Um, but you'll have a station. Yeah, like when right, it's all over. Right there, yeah. Mount Pleasant. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that'll be great. No more excuses not to come. It's true, it'll be <laughs> Especially easy to get there. because you don't have to drive. Um, yeah, anyway, so that, they say what, 2022? Uh, it's it's still going to be a little ways. So anyway, we will deliver to you in the meantime. And are you, you're going to keep that going? I yeah. know Mandy told me she said the toothpaste is out of the tube. Yeah. She was like, unless the government says we're not allowed to, she's like, there's no way we can go back because people just lose oh, their mind. Oh, for sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. I know I, I, I've ordered at least once or twice from Granite. I'm like a homebody. So I get near weekly orders of Godspeed. Mm -hmm. um, and then everybody else just like... As I go, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll get some of that. But then the problem, of course, is you got to get over whatever the threshold is, 50 60 $70. So it's like, oh, I want to try that beer. Well, I'll fill it a flat, and mm -hmm. away we go. Uh, we might have a question here, do we? Uh, oh, Beer Nabozo says, hey, that's the guest I asked for. Mm. There you go. You're welcome. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. This is so stupid. I do this to myself all the time. I had a question. The first question, which was terrible, no offense, was... Um, uh, I think it was something along the lines of, why are you so awesome? Can you leave some for everybody else? And I said, hey, no lobs. <laughs> and then they asked a real question, and I put it in a note, but the note's on that phone! I'm going to try and remember it. Yeah, I'm going to try and remember it. Um, okay, I know it's common knowledge now. You're on the record, so you were literally raised at the brewery, but you were Close enough. effectively raised at the brewery. Yeah. Uh, you're, so Dave, your youngest brother, is the same age as the brewery, right? Yes. Yeah. He is, uh, well, one month younger. That must have been a heck of a summer. Mm. I don't remember that part of it, but my mom <laughs> could tell you yes, I bet she has stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny. Um, Where's <laughs> I going with that? Oh, so public knowledge, uh, more or less raised at the brewery. Uh, what were the first things you did, like as a kid? Yeah, um, my dad would bring me in. So I was 10 when the brewery opened, or just before 10. And I think by the time I was 11, he had me coming in. And 
filling casks with him. Um, that's what I remember most, just, yeah, filling casks. I probably did a bit of cleaning, but I would just go in on the weekends, and um, I got put on the payroll then because I'm one of the oldest employees there right now. Wow. Um, or longest standing, I should say. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just hang out for a bit there, help them out, and my treat would be chips and salsa at the bar after. Whenever <laughs> whenever they're making salsa in the kitchen and I walk by, I'm like brought back to that time because I don't think the recipe's changed at all. And it was, yeah, That's nice fantastic. little treat. I felt like a grown-up when I was just a little kid, so. That's pretty cool. Mm. And then you did some front of house before you moved back of house, is that right? Uh, yes, so I was, always a pretty shy kid and my dad wanted me to get out there a bit more so he almost insisted that I do Is that really what surfing. Yeah. Um, that's, I, that's funny because yeah you, you, you have a more reserved personality. Yes I'm, I'm quiet I've come out of my shell a bit more since then but yeah I'm I wasn't sure if that's what had happened or if you just liked me more oh. like we kind of oh. that's generally that's not just me well, no, no. It's, I'm comfortable with you now. But yeah, I definitely, it takes me time to get to know people better, I guess. It's a lot like my son, Ben. Yeah. 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 He just, you know, once he's your friend, he's your friend, but mm -hmm. doesn't dive in. Also, talking about beer, I, that just. Yeah. Sometimes it won't stop. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Um, but that's funny that he made you do that. That's kind of Yeah. Sweet. So, anyway, I'm glad he did because it was good for me. And um, I. Yeah, like in between university, I would do serving. I'd also help out in the brewery. I think I, I think I started doing that. Um, yeah, during university, just like mashing in with my dad, and I'd usually leave around ten because I was only half interested at that point. Being a kid, watching my dad doing this, I thought it was awesome. I've said this a million times before. I wanted to, I wanted to be a brewer too, but I wasn't actually that serious about it until. 2008 when I came back from traveling and um, yeah I'd spent all this time in England working at a pub being surrounded by English pub culture and cask beer and I'm like okay this kinda, is at home that did it. I this is what I gotta do so. so it's funny I was gonna ask you previous to that context do you ever have a rebellious period where you're like no dad no, cause I'm going to be a musician. <laughs> he never, like, never for other than the serving part of it, he never forced the granite on us. We were always, like, offered a job if we wanted it, and we took him up on it. So all of us have served. And, yeah, like, now Sam's the GM. Yeah. Dave is not working at the granite anymore. He's got his own thing going on um, that he's doing really well with. But it was never, never forced on us. So, That's cool. Yeah. You want to grab a beer, yeah. And while we do that, mm. uh, what did you, you study? You this time. Okay. So. What did you study at university? Yeah, something completely different. Um, film. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I loved it, but and that was like, if if I had my dream job, I would have loved to have been a casting agent. Huh. I would have loved yeah, that. There's somebody who did that for a while. Yeah. I never really. Why do casting agents always have letters after their name? I do you know what the I letters don't know are? That much about There's like it. casting agents and the DP almost always have. That's director of photography, guys. Uh, Get your minds out of the gutter. Uh, 
They always have letters after their names. I don't know what the letters are. I'm, you, I'm gonna pick two, and then you choose the one. All right. Oh wait, that's that's a good beer, but that's not what I was reaching for. I was reaching for this one. Okay. So we've got a choice between the Hazy Days German Wheat Wheat beer, and the now I would call classic, although yeah. relative to the rest of the classic granite beers. A new newcomer, uh, the Galactic Pale. Mm-hmm. What do you think's the next step? Well, are we going to have two or one more to share? Like after this? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. After one. Like, oh, I see. Probably at least two more. Okay. So let's do Hazy Days first. Good call. And then we'll do Galactic. Well, we, we, yeah, okay. Or Bitter or Summer. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, You're keeping the rest, so... Well, if I'd known that, <laughs> I just. Uh, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, we tend to fill them quite full. But that's good. You reduce you oxygen uptake. Worth. Yeah, that's true. But that's yeah, well. your money's worth it. <laughs> I like how both of our minds went in two totally different directions. Uh, let me get this for you. So, where did you study film? McGill. So it was like. McGill's the one in Montreal, right? Yes. It and was. McMaster's uh, the one in Hamilton. Right. I always get those two confused. Oh. Well, that's okay. That can live down there now. It was a... As long as I didn't get beer in your shoe. No. Okay. Um, An English degree, but concentrating on cultural studies through film. That's pretty cool. Mm. Let's let's toast and talk about this, and then I'll tell you about a cool class I took one time. Okay. Interesting. This is FBX2 as well, I mean. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's a... yeast in the bottom. Did you get some floaties? Yeah. I hate that. Can't take it back. Well, I didn't get any because I got the top half. Okay. You need to learn how to pour wheat beers. Just joking. I figured it was agitated from yeah. getting biked here. Oh, that's true. It Actually, was. I didn't think about it at all. Uh, that was what happened. That's 100% what happened. <laughs> that's good. It ended up a little bit... Um, below our target original gravity. Okay. But I actually like it better. I think it's great. Um, I love that the yeast is there, but it isn't like blasting at you. Mm -hmm. So like banana, clove, bubblegum, something in those range. I'm going banana-y, less bubblegum-y with some clove, but it's not the first thing that hits you. What you get is wheat beer. Like you get the wheat, mm. and the the yeast is almost on the on the finish, which is quite nice. It's a little bit less aggressive. Yeah, I've been doing this one for a long time, and I like this year's the best actually. I don't want to be impolite. Did you have a giant gulp, or did I get really unfair with that? I don't know. Doesn't okay. matter. <laughs> I possibly did. Two weeks ago, which I need to make an apology about. Uh, I was hot and sweaty back from rugby practice and was just drinking Godspeed because I hadn't had time to figure something out. And I drank the first can in two sips. Not sips, but I went. It's easy to do with those. There's oh, that was good. So and then good. and then it was done. And I was yeah. like, let's have another. And by the way, open apology for those fans watching now or listening at home. I know I said it was a holiday Monday, but I was going to record anyway. But... I went to a barbecue at some rugby guys, with my buddy from rugby with a bunch of the rugby guys. We had some drinks, then we went to the beach. We had a lot more drinks. Some of those drinks were tequila. And by the time I got home, I don't bandy the word blind drunk around too often, but I'm, I mean, I remember my kids coming home, so I wasn't blind drunk, but I was what pretty drunk. What time was this at? Oh, like before dinner. Okay. Yeah, that was a hard day of drinking. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was something. Nice <laughs> might not be the word 
especially Eric would choose to use. But uh, anyway, apologies. Uh, it would not have been quality content. Mm. For one, you probably wouldn't have understood me. Like, I slur on a good day. I was a mess. <laughs> anyway. And if you thought I was a mess on Monday, Tuesday. Ooh. Anyway. Um, where were we going? I was going to say... Oh, I was going to tell you. It's interesting what you said about your, your, your uh, degree. I once had, and it was apparently the last or second last year this happened, at my school, my high school, R.H. King, um, you could take grade 11 uh, English, like the English 1, but you could take an alternative English at the advanced level without the first one. So like OAC, I did OAC English 1, and then two, which was writer's craft, and then I'd signed up for three, which was English, uh, Canadian lit, but there was only four people who signed up for it, so the class got canceled. But in, in 11, you didn't have to have the English one to take the English two. You could just opt for the English two. And the English two was called, like, English media or something like that. Oh, yeah. So ostensibly, it was an, a, an analysis of English in the context of different forms of media. Mm -hmm. But what it actually was, was it was a film class. That's a big old bumblebee. Um, with a teacher who I think the only thing he cared about was film, and specifically film noir. Okay. So the first two weeks of the class was the foundations of film in America. Um, so early moving pictures, Charlie Chaplin, Keystone Cops. And then, for the rest of the semester, on a two-week cycle, we would learn about the writer and the context and whatever of a specific film in the film noir genre. Mm -hmm. At the end of the first week, we would watch it as a class. It would be like we'd watch half on Thursday, half on Friday. And then for the following week, we would do analysis of it. Okay. And then we would start the cycle again. So it was like the postman always knocks twice. Sunset Boulevard, but we did Blade Runner and we did Chinatown and we went to see um, oh, what was it called with Russell Crowe? It was out at the time in the 90s. Gladiator? No, the film noir. The uh, oh. um, I've forgotten the name of that film. This is normally where I go, somebody tell me. No, nope, not happening. Um, but we went to with the... With the Russell Crowe. Yeah. And I can't even look it up because it's the Instagram machine. Uh, but we went to the Uptown Theater back when there was still an uptown theater as a class okay and watch the movie oh it was it was like the best class i mm. ever took there was a media class in my high school too and i never took it i wish that i had but i got enough of it in university the year or the it might have been the next semester they offered it but the following year the school cracked down and was like no you have to broaden out. You have to include music, you have oh. to include television, you have to, it needs to be a broader, you have to do other than just film noir. <laughs> like, that's not good enough. Okay. But we got it in the, the golden days. I'm still thinking about that. Movie. I know the Russell. It wasn't LA Confidential. Yes, okay. LA Confidential. <laughs> LA Confidential, there it is. I wouldn't have said Russell Crowe, I would have said like Kim Basinger. Or Kim Basinger was also in it, but it was the first time I saw Russell Crowe in a movie. And uh, what was it? Guy Pierce. Yeah was in that that was a great movie I don't know if I've seen the whole thing I saw it and I probably wrote success essays about it yeah. gotta be honest with you don't remember much about it now mm. a couple of concussions wiped that part of my memory out so I couldn't even remember the name uh, back to beer oh we should talk a little bit more about this we got totally sidetracked um, so 
less used characteristic, kind of missed on what the, the um, gravity you were aiming for. But uh, what's like the wheat content? Uh, 50%. It is 50? Yeah. Okay. And it's, the rest is barley? Uh, yeah, and then just a teeny little bit of crystal. Yeah. Is that where the color's coming from? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, and yeast? Uh, Maori vice. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's a dry yeast. It's the one that I've been using all these years, and yeah, it's because we're... Yeah, only going to use it once, really. Yeah, you it makes sense to just there. do the the dry. When you so. buy a dry for the brewery, does it come in like a box? No, you don't I just get do, like two hundred little. No, sachets. I just get the no. It comes in a brick, so that's like five hundred grams. Okay. Yeah. And basically, you need. Uh, yeah, it works out to like a hundred grams per hex. So. Okay. We did 500 liters of this, so we used the brick. The of one the, brick, and you don't need to start it up. You just work away you can but uh no not like prior you could either uh prime it with wort or just sprinkle it on top either way it'll be maybe a little bit slower to start if you sprinkle it on top but not much slower so yeah it's pretty easy where else do you use wheat i know summer's got some wheat in it right does yes. it have wheat yeah 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 uh summer it's not 50 percent though right? no no yeah, yeah. summer it's um i don't know what the percentage is maybe or something, 12%. And did Brand New Day have wheat or oats in it? Oats. oats. Yes. Yeah. But no wheat? No wheat. That makes sense because there wasn't any particular tartness to mm -hmm. it. So. Um, Ringwood has toasted wheat in it and huh. so does IPA. Malted or unmalted? Uh, if we're getting really transpottery. It, yeah, malted. So yeah. just a bit. Hmm. Um, probably two or three level one. Level one? Yeah, yeah. Level one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. That's the stout, color, right? That's the use, color. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stout uses some as well. So we use a fair bit of wheat, but like wheat malt, um, not malt, wheat malt. Is wheat malt malted? So that's the question. You can get it either way, unmalted or malted wheat. Yeah, this one is malt. unmalted. <laughs> this one's on. I think so. I think that's. I, I think that, German tends to be unmalted. Yeah. And Belgian tends to be malted, but okay. I might have that backwards because it's a 50-50. Right. And again, a lot God. of synopsis mm -hmm. that just aren't gelling anymore. I will look that up and get back to you after. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Yeah. Uh, it's just chit chat about the beer. Mm -hmm. This is delicious though. So this mm -hmm. is available right now. Yes, it is on tap and in cans, but there's not too much left of it, so. It's very tasty. You know, I haven't had a wheat beer in, like, well, I mean, I, you know, you get wheat in beers, but, like, a wheat beer, I don't think I had one all of 2020. Yeah. It's just not something I tend to reach for. No, me neither. Especially, I still like a side launch wheat beer, formerly Denison's. Mm -hmm. By like, I mean, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're still doing it fine. Um, but it's just, it's not around anymore. Okay. Like, I get a lot of my beer at Loblaws. They used to have it regularly. It doesn't seem like they're no. in Loblaws so much anymore. I don't know what's no. happened. It's unfortunate. I don't know either. But yeah, um, Michael Hancock, like back in the day when this was pretty new, told me that he really liked it. So I thought that's high compliments. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Speaking of high compliments, I think the granite has probably the only right to claim 
anyone in the province. Oh, no, that's not true. Creamore could also make this claim as a brewery that Michael Jackson specifically references okay. in Ontario. Did you just see somebody's post about that? Somebody, no. like, yesterday posted about reading Michael Jackson's book and seeing Peculiar in there. And Which is what it he, is. Yeah, he went and got some, and then he wrote a really nice review, too, of it. So The story, and don't correct me if I'm wrong, is that every time Michael Jackson, the beer writer again, fellows <laughs> out there, not the beloved singer, uh, the beer writer Michael Jackson came to Toronto, he would always come to the Granite to have a pint of Peculiar because it was his favorite beer in Canada, apparently. So don't correct me if I'm wrong. That's the story. We're sticking to it. Uh, he did also say that Creamore Lager was the best lager in Canada. Okay. So that's something. Yeah. No, for sure. Not a typical style of lager, which makes sense. He likes the... He had a very specific, I think, uh, band of what he enjoyed. Right. I haven't was... read his stuff for a long time now. Hey, you know, neither have I. Did you ever watch his show? I've seen clips of it, but again, not for a really long time. I found a, a torrent of it years ago and downloaded Torrent, is that still around? Oh, yeah, that's okay. how I get most of my stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, clearly, it was a VHS cassette mm -hmm. that somebody dumped to digital. So it's like, there's like tracking problems, right. and it's like, you know, a, a very crispy 280p or something like that. And the old uh, 4x3 square format okay you know it doesn't fill your screen right, right. <laughs> but uh in some ways it's painful but in other ways it's fascinating like he goes to um he goes to Cantillon and like at that point that was still like nobody here knew who the heck that was mm -hmm. like it wasn't even cutting edge yet it was like this is this thing that's happening there should check it out yeah which is kind of cool mm -hmm. uh okay where are we going i'm gonna have a sip and i'm gonna try and remember that question no it didn't come back to me so uh what are you guys doing for the anniversary you having a party within the confines of covid it's kind of anticlimactic right now because um, it's this week right yeah it's, it's like thursday, thursday so I was all amped up for it. Um, I wanted to... Yeah, this is touching a nerve, by the way. We can... <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, no, or I can I'm get a just, box of Kleenex. We can I'm, go Oprah. No, I'm just sad that um, we aren't able to have a big party for it because for our 28th, we had an amazing party on the back patio. Um, we invited a whole bunch of breweries to pour their beer there, and it was just a huge party with all of our friends and... It was wonderful, and we would have loved to have done something like that this time, but obviously we're not ready for that yet. So um, we're postponing the party until things open up again, and yeah. hopefully we'll be able to do something like that, or even if it's just like close friends and family and customers then who we consider friends and family. Um, you heard it first here. If you didn't get invited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully in September or something we'll plan the party, but I uh, did um, make a beer and so obviously I had to use Ringwood. As much as I love FBX, Ringwood is, so Ringwood. Neighbors just arrived home, don't worry about it, <laughs> carry on. I don't know if we really mentioned this, Ringwood is our house yeast. Um, it is done the best in open fermenters and 
I think your dad even told me, watch the video, that it, like, it'll work, but, like, it doesn't do its thing yeah. in a closed trimester. It needs the, the space. It needs the space, for sure. Yeah. We've, uh, we've done it a couple of times closed, and, yeah, again, it works, but it just thrives more when it's open. That's just how it works. But, um, so yeah, I've done countless beers with Ringwood. I wanted to do something special because it's the 30th anniversary, something I hadn't done before. And, um, Tim, the other brewer that I mentioned, he had said, oh, why don't we do a barrel? And I'm like, oh, like at this point, I'm just kind of stressed I've been a little stressed lately with everything going on I'm trying to take control of that nowadays but doing a good job with it but yeah it's when you're so invested in something it's easy to get stressed about it anyway I'm like no I don't want to deal with a barrel on top of everything else because we don't have the space for it and you don't typically do barrel work no no And that too, because we did it once and the beer turned out really well. We did our scotch ale in it. Oh, yeah. Um, it was great, but like, yeah, it just, it wasn't an ideal situation. So anyway, um, I started reading Pete Brown's Hops and Glory and I kind of had a light bulb go off like, oh, what if I did like a historic Burton on Trent IPA? Mm. And then, yeah, put it in a barrel. Why not? We'll just go for it. Is that the book where he talks and they they strap some barrels to a boat and sail it somewhere? Yeah. So it's one barrel that he takes with him because he wants to reenact the journey from, I forget where he starts Yeah, the apocryphal journey around the bottom of Africa or whatever. Yeah, into India. I actually still haven't finished it. I I got my idea and I went with it. You're like, that's enough. (laughs) I can put that one down. He's a great writer and I love it. Back to braiding sweetgrass. Yeah. What? I said back to braiding sweetgrass. What's that? Uh, It's like the hot book right now. Uh, I read it. Everybody's, yeah. We can talk about that. Another time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, we, uh, yeah, I came up with the recipe I wanted to the only different thing about it is I wanted to use local hops so I went cool. to VQH who we always get our um, harvest hops from for our harvest ale and um, so yeah I got Chinook Centennial and Cascade so use those but with Maris Otter um, Ringwood yeast and a bit of crystal again I was going to say yeah, something darker yeah um, yes so, anyway, uh, it is currently aging in a barrel that Jeff from Indy was kind enough to give us. Um, so it's a, yeah, just an oak barrel. Um, I'm forgetting the word right now, but it's not um, boozy or anything. It's just oh yeah, it's just a barrel. Yeah, like it's a bit like a fooder. Like it's just an oak fermenting vessel. Yeah. Anyway, I okay. can't think of. It'll come to me, but um, I'm still trying to remember the question. (laughs) So anyway, I tasted it today and it's not quite ready yet. So it's a good thing we're not having a big party on Thursday because it would. Yeah, it needs a bit more time. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to have a bit of oak to it, but it won't have. Yeah, it'll just enough to give it that oaky characteristic without being too overboard because I want it to still taste good, obviously. And that's cool. I think we have a question here. Uh, oh, somebody has to go. That's that's not a question. But it's always nice when people fill us in on what's happening in their lives, though. Um, 
that totally sidetracked me though. We're talking about IPA. We're talking about brand, not sweet grass. Uh, let's have. Oh, well, you're still working. I'll finish this and I'll ask you a question and then okay. we'll, we'll work away. I'll have to dump the last little bit because we used it. Feel free. <laughs> Just chuck it in the garden if you want. Um, so. Uh, it's funny. Actually, no, no. This was something I was going to ask you. I wasn't going to ask you right now, but it's the only thing I can remember. And again, no notes. Uh, you mentioned trying to de-stress a bit. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but the life of the brewer, not glamorous. No. There's a reason why my tan is darker than Mary Beth's, and it's not just skin tone. <laughs> I'm pretty tanned right now. For you? Okay, yes. She spends a lot of time <laughs> inside. Uh... Are you at the brewery five days? Yes, five days. Keep that, like, because you have kids, mm -hmm. so you got other commitments. But uh, you're brewing five, or you're working at the brewery five days a week. Yes. Days start, what time are you in? Are you an early brewer? Yeah. When I'm brewing, I start at 6.30 when I have to pick up my kids, because I have to be out by, like, 4.30 to get them. So it's a 10-hour day, especially in the summer, because we... Um, when we're casting out into the fermenter, we use city water to chill the wort down, so it takes like an hour and a half. These yeah, days. and groundwater's pretty yeah. warm right yeah. now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the good thing about winter. Um, <laughs> yeah. The only good thing is it's a quick transfer. Huh. Then, but yeah, so um, brew days are 10 hours or so, and then I'm usually like 9 to 4, 15 or something on the other day. Doing like cellaring and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do? What are your hobbies? I mean, if you want to tell me your hobbies, but like you specifically said, you're like reining things in a bit. Do you have things you're doing right now? Like within the tolerance of not oversharing, if that's something you're uncomfortable with, but like, are you meditating? Are you doing physical activity? Like what are you using to decompress outside of work? And, um, and parenting, because that's incredibly stressful. Yeah. Um, so you were saying in January you started working out pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's when I started as well. I started doing Beachbody, which is just a at-home app. And I got really serious with it. I, like, bought a whole bunch of weights, so I've got a little home gym now. And um, I'm really strict with my workouts. I do at least five a week. Um, yeah. There are some programs that are like seven. That's a little bit much, but you need some recovery. Yeah, for sure. And they are like the active recovery days, but five is great. And yeah, I just I'm lifting a lot of weights, and I have that time for myself. So that's like 35 minutes a day. And then I am starting to try to meditate as much as I can without knowing how to meditate properly. <laughs> just like close my eyes and. Try not to stress. That's what I do. So, yeah. I'll tell you this. Like, I do some stuff. Actually, I haven't worked out in three weeks because I screwed up a rib pretty badly, which was directly related to my meditative practice, which was breath, like breath hold exercises. Okay. It's such a dumb old man story. I don't I think I told it on a podcast. I don't need to tell it now. But uh, I'm starting again tomorrow. I'll be starting interval running. And then I've been doing two days high-intensity intervals. But I'm going to swap that. And now that the gym at the club is open, which is 200 meters over there, um, this is going to sound so douchey. But I need to do some heavy lifting because I need to add some mass to my upper body. Because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fit, but I'm, I'm not 
carrying bulk right now and uh, we're moving to contact uh, full games in September and I need a bit of upper body mass to smash into people with. Yeah. So doing like two rep bench presses and junk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be starting that on Tuesday and Thursday, which would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like breathing exercises, the meditative thing, first thing in the morning, take the dog for a walk and then put the kettle on and I do it. Um, but when I can't do that or like in a moment if I need to, the coolest, simplest, and this is for everybody, meditation that I've ever heard of is um, the Buddhist monk, uh, I never get his name right, Thich Nhat Hanh, I think is his name. He's got some really cool quotes. They're on like Instagram with inspirational pictures in the background, that sort of stuff. Okay. But um, he talks about how the point of meditation is to shut down what he calls your monkey brain. And uh, he says your monkey brain's constantly doing something. It's got to be doing things. Yeah. It's, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this. Like the monkey like this? That's Well, or more like a monkey in a tree. Oh, okay, like okay. picking through leaves, picking nits off of each other, like just constantly doing things. And he said the best way to, to shut down your monkey brain is to stop and close your eyes and say, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. And if you just keep saying that, your brain can't do anything else. And you just set a timer to like tell you when you've been doing that for whatever you're aiming for, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. And just for that period, and you'll fall apart. Like you'll start thinking, did I leave the toaster on? Like, or whatever. And then you just stop breathing in, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing in. And like focus on your your body doing it. Hmm. And it's not sexy because it's not like mm, you're not attaining anything. But the key is you're, you're stopping your brain, yeah. right? No, and that's I, what you have to do is like gear down the brain. I refer to it as the wheels turning. Like yeah. It's just, yeah, I start thinking about all the things and yeah. When I do my breath holds, do good. if I can't slow my brain down, so the way I do it, I do somewhere between 30 and 40, you're hyperventilating basically, it's like, like that's Wim Hof stuff. You do that 30 to 40 times. And then on the last one, you hold and you don't like, breathe back in. Oh no? Sometimes for over three minutes. Really? It's crazy. But in doing it, if I can't slow my brain down and stop thinking about other things, I can't hold my breath. I'll, I'll have to inhale after a minute 40 or something, which is, I mean, I know minute 40 sounds like a lot and I'm not boasting here, but when you do that a lot, you get into practice, um, that's nothing. But if I'm thinking about what's gonna happen today, what I have to do at work, oh, we got rugby practice. If, I, if any of that's in my head, I can't hold it. But if I can slow down and just, they talk in meditation about letting thoughts freely pass through your head. So you'll think, what are we doing at rugby practice tonight? I'll think about that on the drive to work. And like, you let it come in and then you just let it go. And it becomes, it's really, granola but when I'm good sometimes I hold my breath for three minutes which is crazy yeah like that it that's not normal mm-hmm. <laughs> but there it is you just kind of do it nice. it's very helpful although I what happened 
is I was doing it too deeply. And I apparently, this would be a terrible chair to do it in. I have to support my own body weight. I was doing it leaning back in a chair and it was tensioning a muscle in my abdomen. And when I was doing these really deep diaphragm all the way down, that muscle was getting uh, overworked and okay. it started to go into spasm. Oh. And then it went to spasm so hard, it pulled my third rib out of position and it did some cartilage damage on both sides. <laughs> and then that took three weeks to get better because I'm old. Uh -huh. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, very important though. And that's cool that uh, you're intentionally doing that. A big problem in brewing, there's two big problems. There's many big problems, but there's two that are easy to point to, which is brewers have a tendency to ignore their own uh, health. Um, and that can be problematic. And the other one, of course, is that easy access to alcohol means that you can use alcohol mm. to deal with other problems right. that ought not be dealt with with alcohol. Yeah. Um, and those are both challenges. Yeah. Um, and I know actually a number of people in the industry have struggled with both of those. Yeah. Um, so. No, I have put together that um, when I'm feeling especially stressed, alcohol will make me much more anxious. So. Totally. Yeah. I, at the beginning of 2020, stopped drinking uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it's like night and day. Uh, and, and literally, and it sounds so bad, like a smart person would say, if you think this, Chris, why don't you change your behavior? But especially on a sun or a Monday and a Tuesday morning. So I had my first drink after work on Friday. You know, I'm not, I don't drink hard through the weekend, but like today I'll have gotten through six or seven beers in the course of the day. And Monday morning, tomorrow morning, I'll wake up, not like depressed, but not as normal and happy as I normally would. Mm. And Tuesday tends to be a bit worse. And Wednesday is a bit better. And by Friday morning, I wake up and I'm like, let's go get them. Yeah. And, and it's one thing, right? It's alcohol. Right. Um, now. I like alcohol, I like drinking beer, it tastes delicious, I like wine, mm -hmm. I like spirits. Um, I tend, other than, was that on the record? That, that was on the record uh, last Monday. I tend not to drink to that level of excess <laughs> too often, um, but it does happen from time to time. Um, but outside of that, hey man. Sorry, yeah. is this 50 for This is 50, you looking for Nick and Melissa? Yeah. Yeah, come on through, man. They're, when you go through the door, they're the door on the left. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Nice watermelon. Okay, you walk right, right through. Right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, your side's going to be on the internet, but I think that's, uh, you'll be <laughs> all right. Yeah, there it is. This is your moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, like 100%. Monday, Tuesday mornings are bleak. Uh, <laughs> And, and it's worse if I'm not doing fitness. Like, combination of keeping regularly active yeah. and, and trying to manage not drinking all the time. Again, part of it, I think, is I'm getting older, so I'm not, I'm not as able to <laughs> shrug off that sort of right. thing. Um, but I also think it's good. I, and I keep telling people, support your breweries, support local bars. Consider taking some time off. It ain't gonna hurt if you take some time off. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's talk about let's talk about this beer. Speaking of which, uh, this is Galactic Pale Ale. Yep. This this is your beer, right? Yes. So I I did a post about Galactic, forgetting that my good friend Owen Roth, who is 
formerly head brewer at Bell Woods, now has his own brewery, Stillwell in Collingwood, that is just up and coming. Yeah. We actually did this one together. So, um, yeah, this is 10 years ago. And this is very much Ringwood. Yes, definitely. Um, So, yeah. Uh, two row, Karastan, barley flakes, galaxy hops. All galaxy? Uh, no, galaxy. Something like Chinook at the beginning, or? Uh, Cascade. Cascade. Yeah, Cascade, galaxy, dry hop with Citra. We changed that recently. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. The thing for me with this is, it's cool, because Ringwood does English stuff really well, and it's very characteristic. Mm-hmm. Like you get fruits and you know gives a nice kind of dry bite to the end of the beer it's, it's it does English um, but because of the galaxy this has like a new world kind of thing going on but it works really well with the English Ringwood. with Ringwood specifically and that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do like if you tried to do the brand new day that hot bill with the Ringwood it, I don't know, but like I suspect it would have gotten lost or the ringwood wouldn't have worked well. Like those flavors, this is more um, like tannic feeling on the hot, mm. which again, very English, like tea qualities. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have that, that soft kind of floral thing, which you can get out of Galaxy, but Galaxy can also do this really well. Like it's, it's a really cool interpretation of the beer. Yeah, this is, so IPAs have always been my favorite beer. Um, So when I was coming up with my own recipes, I wanted to try and go for the, like, well, yeah, New England's weren't a thing back then, West Coast. um, And I always liked the outcome, but it still was never like a clean IPA because Ringwood is so estuary and gives so much flavor. And um, yeah, so anyway, it's, I love the beer and I think that it works really well too. But now with the FEX, I'm so grateful to be able to make those beers that I wanted to be able to um, with different yeasts and do that style. Do you guys filter that, or is that just cold crushed? We use finings. Right. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Are you okay with that? I just... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Oh, you eat fish, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No, yeah. I know I know English beer. That's uh-huh. not a problem. I thought for a minute we danced into an area where we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have been talking about this. No, no, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And you we use, you use, use Eisenglass yes. findings? For, like, yeah. all of our Ringwood beers... They get Eisenglass. They do. Which, if you're watching at home and you don't know, it's uh, fish swim bladders mm-hmm. that have been dried, which I know sounds gross, but they're not in the beer. No, it does all drop out. They create uh, a flocculation point for... Uh, proteins and yeast molecules to literally statically cling to and when they do that it becomes heavy and it sinks to the bottom and what you're left with is clear beer Mm -hmm. Um, it's not in the beer it is part of the process which for a lot of vegans and three days a week I go plant-based I don't try to use the word vegan that much um, but that often for a vegan means it's out of the question because a a plant or an animal product was used in the production um, 
I always say something there. I'm not going to say it. It's fine. My vegan friends can do what they want. If you don't want to drink findings, you don't have to drink findings. There's no fish in this beer. No. We, That's the whole point. <laughs> with the FBX beers, we do try to not use findings for them. And for the most part, we've stuck to that. So, um, yeah, obviously, Brand New Day wouldn't have any in it. Clearly. And even Clearly, though West that's a Coast, funny joke. <laughs> West Coast, we don't bother. Um, Cali flocculates pretty well. so Yeah, it cleans up on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to go to the lightning round, then we'll wrap things up. Okay. Because I didn't wear a watch, so I have no idea how long we've been doing this for. Did I know? Okay, let's see how many... I still haven't remembered the question. I'm such a terrible person. I told people, yeah, send me a message if you want. And some, one person was like, oh, what about this? And I went, it's in the queue. The queue's on my phone. Uh, okay, lightning round. Open top, close top. The point of a lightning round there, Beth, is you're actually supposed to say the answer fairly quickly. Open top, close top, Mary Beth. Open. Nice. Your dad will be proud. Yeah. Uh, German or Czech Pilsner? Czech. Oh. Do you want to expand on that? I've been really into Czech Pilsners lately and have been to thank for that. Or blame, depending on your point of view. No, thank. Um, I, yeah, I was just at Miloš's last two weeks ago in London. Yeah. And he let we me love pour... Uh, Boudvar from his side tower. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like one of the best things ever. It's ridiculous. And he, I think, didn't he end up managing to get some of the unfiltered? Or the, maybe unfiltered Pilsner or Cal, not Boudvar. Uh, I think he managed to get them to send them. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, he, so when we were there, I had, actually, Mark had, um, my husband had the Boudvar. I had bims on the side tap too. The one that's like Pilsner or Kelly, I cannot say the name of it. Not what I have over there. No. Uh, yeah. Still, uh, yeah, I can't say any of them. Yeah. I don't speak Czech. Or Japanese, so I feel completely I can't lost. pronounce most of his beers. <laughs> Although the Japanese is helpful because I think it's almost always phonetic. Okay. So you just go with your gut. Yeah. But the Czech, I don't know. There's yeah. these accents yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I can't figure it out to save my soul. Uh, okay. Uh, Citra Mosaic. Or mosaic. That's perfect. Citra. I used to say I use citra like salt. I love citra. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maris or Tiro? Maris. Of course. Love Maris. Gotta be. Uh, on your wings, hot or sweet? Hot. Good call. Uh, and I had one more that was going to be really challenging, and it's completely gone now. I was thinking about it during the Pilsner question because it was like that one. Anyway, that's the lightning round. This is why I should make notes. Um, okay, so let's wrap up because I think that's a good good end point. Uh, Granite Brewery, Mount Pleasant, Eglinton. Don't try and drive there. It's terrible, I'm told. Uh, but go there because it's wonderful. And, and I didn't say this when you were mentioning it. People bandy the words best patio around a lot. Murphy's Law, not far from here, has the claim to the best patio because they're rooftop and it looks out over an expanse. But also, let's call it a limited beer selection. Read between the lines there, folks. Uh, but a mean patio, I'll give you that. Um, Balmy Beach Club argues best patio in, the, in, the, in the, the city because it's right on the beach, which, again, beautiful. Let's again talk about better beer selection. 
They have um, beer from Radical Road. They have something from Amsterdam. Might be Bone Shaker on. Um, And they turn over the beer a lot because if there's one thing people around here do a lot is drink. But if you want a proper English beer garden style patio, Granite has a front patio on Mount Pleasant. That's very nice. You can people watch. Mm -hmm. But the back patio, it's gardens, there's vines, there's trellises. Hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. As far as the eye can see. Like the day is long. Arguably the most peaceful. It is a beautiful patio. Patio. And it's big too. It's also why people tend to do their weddings there. Yeah. I had my wedding there and my brother had his wedding there. I referred somebody to do not their wedding, but I think their what do they call that? The the dinner, the the rehearsal dinner. Oh okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um so check that out. Bottle shop still open, still doing delivery at granitebrewery.ca.ca. That's you're in a brand. It's right there. Uh, no party this week, but if you want to send them a birthday greeting, it's this Thursday, 30th anniversary, which, as noted, let's not call it a midlife uh, birthday, but I think within the traditional 416 range of Toronto, only Amsterdam is older. And Great Lakes. But Great Lakes was in Brampton the first. That's why I made uh, that, that qualification of, of 416. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Only Amsterdam. Yep. And we only by two years, right? Amsterdam was Amsterdam? 89, I think. Yeah. I Like, I... Great Lakes, were they 87? 87, but yeah. for the first, I think, four or five okay. years in Brampton. Yeah. And arguably... They moved to Etobicoke, which still wasn't part of the 416 until whenever Megan Mel right. made it part of it. So, um, Yeah, so they're a bit older than us. Slightly, mm-hmm. but same location. And they are awesome people, too. They've helped us out many, many times before. They're close on a sander now. so Very close. Yeah. Within the entire context of brewing, the fraternal sense is ridiculous. Uh, I remember when Muddy York, when Jeff, was working up to do his first brew uh, at his location, which was still just a little room in the tool and die shop that he worked at and then bought, then converted to a brewery, which is a weird way to go about it, but it seems to have worked really well. Mm-hmm. But I remember he said, oh yeah, um, he, he said, he said we're, we're working up to do our first brew, which I've always done on the homebrew system with 007. Do you know anyone in the city who uses 007? And I said... Is that a yeast? Yeah, okay. it, so that's um, Y yeast uh, English dry. Oh, okay, okay. 007. There you go. And I said... Well, I'll say it. I don't care. I said, yeah, that's Amsterdam's house yeast. <laughs> he was like, really? And I said, yeah. Just call Ian. He'll give you some. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, tell you what. I'll call Ian. I'll text him and say, Jeff from Muddy York needs some yeast. Can you hook him up? And Ian was like, yeah. Tell him to show up with something yeah. to put it in. Yeah. He's like, we'll just crop some out. I don't care. Yeah. And uh, I think the first, like, three or four brews they did, Jeff would roll in with a five-liter keg. They'd fill it for him. He'd give them some beer. Yeah. Done and dusted. No, it's um, as much as, like... Considering we're supposed to be competitors, everybody, yeah. it never, ever feels that way. It's, uh, 
everybody always helps one another out when you need it and it's amazing it's fantastic yeah. yeah i don't think there are many industries that are like that no no and i'm willing to bet it isn't even like that in other cities you don't think I think it's probably enough, some, but I bet there's places where, like, people play hardball. Yeah, I could see that. And especially, sure. I mean, you look at, like, a place like Amsterdam. Amsterdam's not going to take on Molson or Labatt anytime soon, but they could stomp on breweries like your size easily. Yeah. Like, push people around, but they don't. No. They're like, yeah, that's fair. We can, yeah. we can all hang out. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Uh, 30th anniversary, Thursday. Send some birthday greetings. Raise a get get order some, post a picture. Do you guys yeah. have a hashtag? Um, oh, there is something on the Instagram now. If you post a picture, like an old picture, there's a competition going on oh. for the best, like older picture that you have of yourself or whatever at the granite. Uh, you'll win a $50 gift card. And uh, you'll get your picture put up on the, uh, on, Instagram. On the Instagram. Now, I had a granite glass. And uh, two months ago, three months ago, I posted a photo of... Is it like yellow or green or something? Yeah, yellow yeah. and green. Mm -hmm. And whoever manages the Instagram account said, that's an old glass. And I got it. Now, let's do the math here. So, my son Ben would have been... 10 months old because he's his birthday was just this past week born August there was a a, a special for Father's Day the following June is that okay. what Father's Day is you'd think yeah. I'd know um, and it was like fathers come in uh, have a meal have a beer and you can keep the glass oh yeah yeah and it was the glass from that now Ben just turned 13 so when I posted that photo the glass was call it almost 12 around 12 and whoever said, oh, that's a very old glass. That's amazing. I said, that's fantastic. Two days later, same son broke set oh, glass. No. <laughs> so that glass is no more. Uh, I think I still have a photo of me holding him, though. He was very small. Yeah. And then he fell asleep, and I just set him on the, the we were at a, a banquette, set yeah. him on the banquette next to me. I remember Ron came by. I was like, oh, is that your son? I said, yeah. He said, he seems well suited to a bar. I said, yeah, this is how he grew up. Yeah. He was only not even a year at that point. So, but yeah, nice. that was my old granite story. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's a very family-friendly place. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's just make sure that's not a question. Watermelon beer? Nope, that was a soda. Oh, wait, that might be a question. Your soda's not in this picture, is it? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, and video will be up. Uh, I mean, it'll be on Instagram. It'll also be on YouTube. Uh, and then, no, it probably won't be on YouTube. Forget. Yeah, it will be. I've got the GoPro going. It will be on YouTube. Uh, and uh, watermelon beer? No. no, no, no to a watermelon beer. I I don't typically put other ingredients in my beer. In beer, right. Yeah, it's kind of a thing I have. Um, I do grapefruit zest in our grapefruit lagoon, which is a, yeah. Doesn't summer have something in it, spicing or something like that? No? Okay. No. Um, it was just to like accentuate the citra that I used in it for Grapefruit Lagoon, and then I do a pumpkin beer every October. Um, is it actually pumpkin or is it butternut squash? It's pumpkin. Pumpkin puree. Most pumpkin pies that you 
buy pre-made or butternut squash. Really? It's available earlier in the season, okay. and when it's baked, it actually tastes more like pumpkin. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I um, deal with the pumpkin myself. I bake it. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. Here well, it's puree, though, like I said. I do yeah. cheat a little, but it turns out hey, well. Guys. Hey, Luigi's coming through. He's here. Hey, buddy. Neighbor's still. I think As you might usual. want to go this way. Hi, Louis. Yeah, he has a habit. Come on through. If you want to keep your face away, we're on uh, Instagram right now. But, you know, come on. Come don't on. worry, these are all empty. <laughs> um, yeah, cheers, guys. Yeah, so anyway, as a rule, I don't generally put stuff in other than the four ingredients. If somebody told you you had to make a watermelon beer, what would you do? Why would I have to? You're on uh, Iron Brewer Canada, and the secret ingredient is watermelon. Obviously, you can brew any style you want, except obviously that'd make poor TV because you can't brew a beer in an hour. But hypothetically, they said, you have to brew a beer, and the secret ingredient's watermelon. What are you gonna make? That would have been a better lightning round. I wouldn't even know. Um, wouldn't it have to be like a sour or something? It would work in a sour. Yeah. I guess a sour, which I also don't ever want to make. <laughs> Not a lot of sours coming out of the granite on no. purpose. Yeah, with the Those closed fermenters, or sorry, with the open fermenters, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to bring that sort of bacteria. Yeah, yeah, you're in. just asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. watermelon also unfortunately actually doesn't translate well. It's really hard to get good in beer. You can't put it in the boil because mm -hmm. it disappears. It's got to be like in, in finishing and even at that it's just not I think the people who successfully use it use an extract right it's a bit like maple syrup like if you put maple syrup in a beer the yeast eats it and there's no maple syrup left right but that's not what happens with watermelon but it's a similar thing where it just disappears and you lose it mm. um, a, a watermelon wheat beer might be the answer did Kensington do that they did have a watermelon beer. I don't think it was wheat, I though. I thought it was. Maybe it is. Anyway, yeah. we could do a whole nother show. Mm -hmm. Throw crazy ingredients and make a beer with them. But we won't do that because it's been long enough, and uh, we're probably going to have another beer off camera, unless you need places to go. But uh, that's it for now. Uh, at 2 <laughs> o'clock. I uh, don't know what time it is. But thanks for hanging out. Thank you, Mary Beth. Oh, we didn't even... I, I had one question. It wasn't on the lightning round. We had a whole conversation. In promoting today that we were doing this, I accidentally put a hyphen in Mary Beth's name, which there is not. It's Mary Beth Keefe. Mm -hmm. Do you have another name in there? Well, it's Mary Elizabeth. That's my name. Mary Elizabeth Keefe. Where's the Beth come from? Elizabeth. Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> people, no, so many people have said your name is Mary Beth Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> Um, I will, but I did comment on your post apologizing for that. That and I didn't just call you Mary. Yes, which a lot of people, and it's funny, Sarah Beth from Red Tape. She, she and is I, hyphenated though, isn't she? No, she's <sighs> one word as well. Um, we share a great dislike for people that just call us either Sarah, Sarah or Mary. Mary. Yeah, it's, I'm sure I've called you Mary, but not to your face. And okay, I've learned that that's not what your name is. Right. And I'm now better about saying to people, I don't like Mary. You can call me Mare or Mary Beth. 
Mayor is my nickname. I was going to say, I've Most heard your dad call, call you Mayor. That. Yeah. But it feels too personal. Yeah. yeah. I often just introduce myself as Mary Beth, and then when people get to know me, they will call me Mayor. Um, but yeah, most people call me that. So if you want to call me that, that's cool. So we're so close now. I we can get call you along Mayor. So well. Oh, I know, but oh, I don't know. That's <laughs> too personal. I gotta work up to that. Yeah. All but right. so here's an interesting fact. Granite English Brewery. Hopefully, some people there enjoy the rugby. The most capped ever international player and a Welsh royalty rugby player is a fellow named Alan Wynne Jones. Okay. Now, Welsh spelling A-L-U-N Wynne is W-Y-N Jones is just Jones, Welshest name in the world. But that's his three names. But he goes by Alan Wynne. Yeah. Okay. But apparently, if you know him really well, it's just Alan. But he doesn't like it. Like, if he's in an interview, he doesn't want the interviewer to call him Alan. Okay. Like, that's too personal. Oh, okay. His name's Alan Wynn. Right. But it's not hyphenated. Uh-huh. So you're a bit like Alan Wynn. I guess so. Mary Beth. But it's Mary Elizabeth. Yeah. So that actually caught me off. I wasn't expecting that. That's kind of cool. Very Irish. So yeah, we uh, are, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's... My, fam- my dad's family is Irish, um, coming from Prince Edward Island and then Ireland before that. So, yeah, he, like... I guess when I was a baby, he insisted everybody call me Mary Elizabeth, but it was just so long that it eventually became Mary Beth. Mary Elizabeth is very Irish. It is. Yeah. Like, it's it's up there with Mary Margaret, mm-hmm. which is quite Irish as well. Yeah. Uh, we're going on a total tangent. <laughs> we could have done this off camera. So that's your middle uh, name, Elizabeth Mary Or Beth. no, it's actually... It's, that's your name. Yeah, my name. There is no middle. No. I'm going to cut it out because I was going to go on another tangent. Thanks for hanging in there. Always a pleasure. Granite's uh, anniversary this Thursday. Check them out. Hit up the brewery because it's open. Order beer if you don't want to go in and sit down. Nobody's judging you. Probably safest. And uh, other than that. We are all fully vaccinated. Nice one. Yeah. Cool. A lot of breweries are doing that. Have you had any blowback for that? Yeah. Because people are idiots? Yeah. Yeah. No, with the whole people's pint thing, when, yeah. yeah, we were part of it, too. So oh, no, that's right. Few... I remember your dad yeah. was in that article. Right, right. He used the, te- the term tempest in a tea kettle or teapot. He's... I thought that's just the sweetest. <laughs> that's Ron right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay, I got to stand up and shut this all down. Thanks for hanging out. I'll be right back. But not for you. For you, this is over. <laughs>